Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. there all you cool hats and mittens welcome back to the podcast today is episode four and it's a twofer i just got a nice sweet epic four mile run in and then i came back home and i crushed about five sweet delicious epic tacos and now i think as the kids say let's lay down some tracks So as I mentioned before, it's a two for this week, and I'm going to talk about not just one piece, but you guessed it, two. So the first piece that we're going to talk about is titled Skeletor. It was completed on 29 November of 22, and it measures 26 and a half inches by 35 and a half inches. It is a mixed media piece on Ikea dresser drawer fronts. It's mostly acrylic paint, some spray paint, paint markers, and Sharpies. So, perhaps among the most iconic of the 1980s action figures are the Masters of the Universe toy line, He-Man. This piece is of the Skeletor action figure. The figure, not the cartoon. The piece itself is created on the most unlikely of media platforms. And yeah, you heard me correctly before. It is painted on three combined IKEA dresser drawer fronts. So let me explain. So I like to reuse and repurpose things any chance I can. I save scrap wood uh, and old furniture like this. The dresser itself, after moving several times, has just become unserviceable. And so after it was replaced, I broke it down and just took it all apart. And uh, while much of the IKEA inventory is comprised of particle board stuff, this was actually mostly real wood. Um, the extra fun element of this is that the drawer fronts, the fronts have now become a painting and are re-repurposed as in used again for the second time. Because prior to this, they served as shelving and part of a grand mural that was the backdrop for a space scene that I used to display my entire Star Wars action figure collection. And it was pretty sweet. It was a huge, just like deep, dark black 
space scene with stars and clusters and various formations. And the shelves uh, hung across the very top of that. And I, I had uh, lunch boxes displayed up on top of the shelves. But under the shelves, I used that to suspend uh, the Millennium Falcon, some TIE fighters, and several other like galactic spacecraft were suspended, you know, from the bottoms of their shelves. And I realized how colossally nerdy that just sounded. I got way too excited for the fact that I used and repurposed IKEA drawer fronts as shelves to display Star Wars collectibles. If it doesn't get any more specific than that, I, I don't know what else to tell you. But when I took the shelves down, they still had a really cool, <clears throat> excuse me, star-speckled space effect. And I wanted to put that back into use somehow. I wanted to, I didn't want to just discard these shelves, even though they, because they had paint on them and stuff. I, I thought they'd be really cool looking somehow. So I combined the boards uh, along the back with various brackets. And then I, I filled in the holes from where the, the hardware for the knobs and, and the holes made by the small eye hooks for the spaceships once were. And I chose to paint Skeletor on there because, I mean, why not? It's Skeletor. So the subject specifically is an extreme close-up of the action figure itself. And although it is of the action figure, the style on the edge of is on the edge of abstract, but more expressionistic. It's not a precise rendering, rather a very vibrant and energetic display of color and line work. There are several layers of purples and blues that overlap and blend together to help kind of shape the body, the hood, the chest piece. And there's a variety of, of yellows and greens that are used exclusively in the face with red eyes uh, sunken into the skeletal sockets. There's a variety of line work to detail and embellish throughout the figure. Uh, black Sharpie as well as white, silver, gold, and blue paint pens were used in order to add layers of depth and other detailed highlights. The figure itself is only shown from about mid-chest and it is off-center to the right of the piece. A glow of gold with beams of light behind the figure separate it from the space backdrop. I've got lines of movement around the head and shoulders that kind of indi indicate a degree of motion, but the figure itself is not moving in the, in the piece and is, in is inanimate and has a very blank, expressionless face, much like the action figure itself. So this piece has no text, no writing of any kind, and the only the only actual writing that's on there is that of my signature, which by the way, I wanna share that whenever I do a piece and I, I sign it, that's that. When when the piece is finished, I sign it and there is there's no going back. There's no going to do more if I forgot something, like that's it. So when I sign it, I make good and sure that it's done. So a uh, little fun fact there. If you see my signature on a piece, then that means it's finished and there will be no changes to it ever again. The entire painting itself is coated with polyurethane to add a gloss finish, but mostly just to provide a layer of, of protective coating. So that's it in a nutshell. And I was listening to quite a variety of music at the time. Um, it was the kind of kickoff, well, kind of midway through, one third of the way through the holiday season, but I really wasn't feeling holiday tunes uh, at all this year whatsoever. 
uh, sprinkle of them here and there. But as I was working on stuff, I was just kind of rocking out to to some other stuff, and it was kind of all over the place too. One of the the things that I had played a ton of, and the winter album hadn't been released yet, but Weezer had put out a series of seasons. It was a project where every first day of a new season, they released a record that was based on and inspired by that season. So I was still rocking uh, the fall or the autumn season tracks, and that was pretty fun. That was a really cool, cool record. Um, Lotto, Butcher Babies, Shannon and the Clams, Tenacious D, they... I tell you, at that point in time, I was listening. They had created this, uh, it's a Who medley, and it's awesome. It is, it's incredible. It's, I don't think it's necessarily meant to be silly or funny, but it's, it's got some classic Jack Black on vocals, and it's just, it, it, it smacks. And I don't even talk like that, but it's just, it's great. It's, it, it hits the spot. It's, it's cool. It, it flows and it rocks. It's, it's really pretty badass. Uh, Motion City soundtrack and the Noisettes. So those were some things that I was listening to at the time. Uh, put this piece together. Probably worked on it over a handful of days. And yeah, that's that's Skeletor. So I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy it too. I'm going to post it on the Facebook page. And you can go on there to see that and plenty of other pieces that we've discussed so far. Okay, and as promised, let's move on to the second piece of the episode. So this one is titled Scars, and it is a mixed media on canvas. It's uh, mentioned 16 by 20, primarily acrylic paint, Sharpies, and paint pens. And this is a piece with Jack and Sally, famously known from Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. This was created within a matter of days after the Skeletor piece, and finished on 3 December 22. And given the time of year that it was, it, it just made sense. It, uh, it too, is very much um, resembles actual versions of the characters. And anyone who's familiar with the film who would know who and what this is. Th these renderings offer an expressionistic take in the animated style. The original film is stop-motion animation and, and fairly dark. And this offers more of a comic representation of them with subtle energy and emotion. So this piece, it also shares that same style of, of background with blackened uh, starscape and nighttime sky, sty, nighttime sky, easy for me to say, with uh, a variety of different textures and various uh, star clusters and, and shapes. And so Jack is located on the right-hand side of the piece, whereas Sally is on the left, and they're they're looking in at, at each other into each other's eyes, holding hands, and Sally is holding a needle and thread, and then on each of their their left side of their clothing, they have um, hearts sewn into them with the thread that's actually combining the two of them together. They're kind of sewn together. And looking at the piece, it's kind of a mixed bag of different 
different styles. Jack has a very colorful pinstripe suit. Just on the surface, you look at it and you just you would think it's black, but it's not just black. It has it has several shades uh, and tints and different um, elements of, of blues and purples and grays just to to really capture and show depth and texture in the in the suit. And he's got his classic bat bow tie and that has different highlights and lowlights throughout it with some texture as well. Now his hand and his neck and, and head are fairly crude in terms of the color scheme, not just a basic white skeletal appearance. It has various creams and grays and shades of blue and, and different highlights of also with, with line work in, in mostly blues, but some grays, some Sharpie, some black detail and, and things like that. I have a technique. It's not, I don't know if it's really a technique, but I use it in almost everything. I put these little dots everywhere. And I think I originally picked that up from comics and it, it almost kind of looks like just, um, it's just, if you were to have some type of visual representation of, of something in the air, some type of texture, some type of, I don't even know what just, but it's just, it's just there. I just, I have it all over the place, but it's not just in the air. It's like, it's on, on his chin and it's near his mouth and it's, it's above his, the top of his head, but it's, and then it's also like around him and it surrounds him. Go onto the page, check out the piece. You'll see what I mean, but I, I use it everywhere on everything. And it just, it adds little extra detail adds a little extra texture and it's just it's it's almost addicting when I whenever I'm using it and it, it it's so easy to put on especially with the paint pens they just they dab right on there and it's just it's money so that's Jack and Sally uh, is her traditional bluish light bluish tealish skin tone as she's a corpse and stitches all over the place from head to toe, bright red lips, uh, tri trimmed in black. Her hair has various shades of red, various um, highlights and lowlights in that as well. Her garment, her dress is patchwork just as it is on the film where her Torn sleeve has a jagged edge, mostly yellows and greens with some stripes. And her, the main torso area of her dress is also various yellows and cream colors with uh, swirls. And that's that, it's, it's fairly simple. It's just two characters looking at each other and um, those are the those are them on the piece itself, but the term scars, the where I, I titled it from, on the very top of the canvas, I wrote a passage that says, "I see your scars, and I still think you are the most beautiful person in the world." And now I didn't come up with that. In fact, I've seen it used before uh, with these characters, even, and I've seen it um, very similarly with 
the Frankenstein's monster and, and the Bride of Frankenstein almost in a very similar pose. And I had considered buying this as, as a metal sign and thought, why would I buy it when I can just paint it myself and I can do it how I want and I can position them where I want them. And so that's what I did. And while working on this, of course, I had the movie on and what better inspiration than the film itself just to have it playing. And the debate, the debate often comes up whenever talking about the film is whether or not it's a Halloween movie or if it's a Christmas movie. Well, to me, it's a Christmas movie. It's right in the title. But it's it's a perfect transitional film to help like navigate into the holiday season without fully accepting and acknowledging that Halloween is, and I'm using air quotes as over because as we know, every day is Halloween. Um, but it's it's a good film to kind of to shift gears and, and get ready for the holiday season. So the film is a musical and there's so many tremendous songs by Danny Elfman in the picture and so many of them are memorable. But to me, the song that sticks out and I think is just it, it speaks to this piece. It speaks to I think the overall theme of the film is Sally's song. And that's what does it for me. It's simple. It's sweet, it's sad, and it just hits in a certain way. And that's kind of how my November and December were uh, in 22, this last couple of few months ago. So they were exceptionally challenging. And um, yeah, it just, it was, it was kind of a, a pretty low point for me. It was a, a challenging time. I was struggling with a, a number of different things and I think I had pretty much hit uh, the version of rock bottom when it comes to probably the worst level of depression and anxiety I've ever felt in my life. And this is what I had to fall back on. I had the artwork to keep me focused, to help kind of channel some energy and thoughts and feelings and try to somehow put it down in a healthy way. Um, meanwhile, just staying directly on target there and, and staying focused and giving me something to do to occupy my time, but something that seemed valuable and also just, um, I don't know. It just, it was, uh, kept me distracted, I guess. So, Whatever it was, it it got they got by, and uh, yeah, so that's that. Um, but it's important to acknowledge, and I'm not going to ever shy away from that because that's part of the reason why I do art, and it's not necessarily why it started or how it started, but that's partially why I keep keep going through with it, and it's um, it's a it's a it's the therapy in and of itself, I guess. So therapy is a good thing. Don't feel like you need to um, to wait till you're an extremist to pursue it. Consider it like preventative maintenance, if you will. So, uh, yeah. So those are those two pieces for the for the week. And I don't want to end on a on a low note like that. I'm not trying to be Puddle's pity party over here and be a downer. So let me tell a quick story of of a class that I took when I was in college, I had, I took a performance art class. And like I said, the, the whole college experience was kind of silly for me. So I didn't really take much seriously, not much different from now, but even less mature back then. But 
So we had this performance art class. And the thing of it was, there was this guy who, when he did his thing for one of the, one of the assignments, it was really kind of comical because he would he would walk around for this for his his piece his presentation, and he would basically earmuffs for some of you, but he would he would walk around and he would he would dip his balls in glitter, and. I'll let you catch your breath for a second. The thing of it is, some people thought this is amazing. This is incredible. This was just just breathtaking. And other people just thought it was pretty nuts. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I appreciate you tuning in to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. Art could be a powerful thing, and it reaches each of us in a different way. So I encourage you to do what makes you happy. And never accept anybody who treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. And if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's this. Remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988 then press 1, or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.